Hello and welcome to Hawkeye Nation. This is Hawkcast, your Iowa football, basketball, and recruiting podcast brought to you by GoIowaAwesome and Rivals.com. I'm your recruiting analyst and host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter, joined today by Go Iowa Awesome's legal expert, Vint. Vint, <laughs> welcome to the to the new pod. You were on uh, Potting is Winning back in the day. Um, yeah. So ha- happy, happy to have you on here to uh, Hawkcast. Uh, I wish it were under different circumstances, but here we are. This is uh, uh, where you come in handy. So first of all, uh, like I said, welcome. And secondly, can you just like tell us your <laughs> your legal qualifications? Like just just give us a little bit of a background here. Sure, sure. And, and it's really weird to be a guest on the show. It's just it, I, I'm I'm so used to being the host of our podcast that it's weird to have somebody right. ask um and, and yeah, no intro good. song we've actually had a reviewer left an intro song a three star because there are no longer event <laughs> intro songs anymore i uh had somebody ask me today if we were to put intro songs on the new uh sub stack so i i get it um so my background is this i i'm and i'll say this up front i don't do criminal law so my knowledge here is based solely off the fact that i went to law school i'm a i'm a graduate of ui law i practice in civil litigation um and and my my criminal knowledge goes to one criminal case I handled probably 15 years ago. And and so I will I will fully admit that I don't have a background in like how the procedure is going to work from here on these things. Um, so but uh, I have been practicing law since 2006. So 17 years well, now. You're about. 50 times more qualified than anybody else that we would potentially have on here. So uh, that that's perfect. And it, what I'm going to ask you to do before we share any sort of opinions on, on what's going on here is just kind of lay the groundwork for us of what is really going on because with both Iowa and Iowa state, if you could um, and, and how this involves the legal system um, not necessarily NCAA punishments or anything like that. We can get right. into that later. But how how is the legal system involved here? Could these guys, from what I've seen, this is a no, but but just to ask you, uh, could these guys see jail time at the end of it all? So the reason it gets in the legal system is this. Iowa legalized sports gambling a couple of years ago. Um, and I think they've been looking for a way to kind of highlight some of the issues that might arise from that within DCI and within the, the county um, attorneys. So the reason it gets to the legal side of it is this, when sports gambling went into place, there was a number of rules set up for who could gamble, who couldn't gamble, and in what context you can gamble. Um, there, of course, are age limits. There are also limitations on what sort of information you can have and, and put to your knowledge. In other words, if you have inside information, you should not be able to, to gamble. It's the same story as the guy who um, got information from the Alabama baseball coach and tried to put a giant wager on an Alabama baseball game. You can't have inside information. Once you have it, that's a that's a violation of, of state law. Um, and so in... The context of pure just underage gambling that is technically a violation of state law it it's a, it carries the same sort of penalties as a speeding ticket so it's not like it's a gigantic issue where it gets into higher areas is if you intentionally take acts to try to illegally gamble basically and so what we have here is dci which is the state version of the fbi um 
conducting an investigation into sports gambling within the two major universities in the state and players on teams across the whole panoply of, of Iowa and Iowa State athletics and coming up with the charges that have been dropped in the last couple of days. As I understand, I think there's four against players at Iowa State, three against players at Iowa, um, which is far smaller than the total number that had been investigated. And I think there's reasons why they went with what they did, but um, this and is that's just so far too. Drop. What's that? That's just so far too. That that number could increase, could it? Could it not? Or yeah, do you see it is so far. You... There there is okay. still the possibility that this goes goes bigger. I think there's a couple things that are really interesting in the way this went down. So the the seven players that got um, rung up on charges this week were all brought on the same charge, and it's not for illegal gambling. It's not for underage gambling it's for tampering with records and the tampering for with records charge it basically stems from pretending to be somebody else in order to place wagers so there's a there's a common thread of the seven people that all got um, uh, charges brought against them this week namely they're all student athletes they all assumed a different identity in order to place bets and they all bet on their own team as far as i know um uh, the, the exception being Garrett or um, Garrett Christensen, I think, didn't bet on Iowa baseball. I'm not sure you can bet on Iowa baseball, but bet on Iowa athletics. So um, it appears to me that there that they were looking for people who had that inside information or potentially had inside information and took on the role of somebody else in order to to place wagers and and cut those out from all the other ones that they've investigated so far to bring charges against those now. There are no charges, as far as I can tell. I've looked at two of the um, the uh, affidavits uh, bringing charges, and I've read all the other you know reports in the newspaper. I don't think there are any charges that are actually for illegal wagering, underage wagering. It's all for this this um, uh, changing records basically to falsify their uh, their persona in order to gamble. Um, and I, my guess is that that's probably what DCI and the county attorneys that are involved want to try to target is don't tamper with records. Don't pretend to be somebody else that you are. And parents, by all means, do not give your kids an account on DraftKings and let them, you know, dink around with a bet here and there thinking it's an innocent wager because we're going to come after you for that. Um, and I, I think that these, these seven are pretty high profile, obviously Decker's. Um, the highest profile of them all, but, you know, seven student athletes, all who are looking at potentially losing all of their eligibility going forward is a pretty significant um, uh, penalty for what, what essentially they did, which was bet 10 bucks a game on some, you know, sports games here and there. And I think that's, that's, this is DC guy and, and the Johnson County attorney and Story County attorney coming together to say, we're going to try to nip this in the bud now with a high profile case to try to get parents to think twice before they do this with a kid who's just a student in, at the school or a high school student or somebody else who might be underage. Now, here's what I'm, I'm curious as to if you, you might have some insight into, but it, but if you don't, not the end of the world, was this prompted by something? Was it, 
did they know it was happening? And I, I'm curious because this is probably something you'd be able to read into in terms of the legal documents that folks like me would be, I don't know what's happening. Um, was it was it prompted by something? Is there something like a red flag went off or or what have you? Or maybe somewhere you could read between the lines on this because I, it, it feels to the the general fan that it was kind of out of nowhere. Obviously, this has been ongoing, but that initial start, the 26 players at Iowa State, the rumors of, of these players being involved, was it was it caused by something? The initial investigation, these was it prompted by something, I should say, rather? I, I would assume it had to be. Um, and the only reason is that, it, it again, it was so broad to begin with. I'm assuming that they got word on one player here or there. And my guess is they probably got something that sounded worse than what it ended up being, unless it ended up that the first player was literally Deckers or Ulis or Blum, who were betting on, you know, their own team. Um, that would be enough, I think, for DCI then to launch the investigation. But again, I think DCI in particular was probably looking for a reason to to go after something like this, just in order to get a, a high profile case out there. So once they found something, they probably went went digging across, you know, both programs all the way from, from football all the way down to the the sports that, that, you know, the Olympic level sports and the other ones that might not have quite such a high profile and, and try to bring up as many as they could off of that. And these are the seven that they found that were the most egregious that ended up in a, an actual, you know, aggravated misdemeanor charge brought against them. Um, does that mean that, that they found somebody and then that person, rung up everybody else? Probably not. My guess is that there isn't somebody across one of the universities or the other that would know definitively these 40 players are also doing it, or these 35 players are also doing it. It, it would be more peeling back the onion, finding more and more um, potential uh, violations until you come up with the charges you want to bring. Now, you asked a previous question before I kind of skipped over, are these guys going to do jail time? Theoretically, they could aggravated misdemeanors do carry the potential for jail time in actuality, given the little amounts that we're talking about here. I think it's highly unlikely we're ever going to see anything like that here. It would, it's going to most likely be something like, you know, a probationary period, maybe some community service, maybe a fine here and there, but nothing that's going to, going to rise to the level I, I would assume of somebody spending time in jail. Um, these just aren't, the numbers aren't big enough here. Even Euless, who I think has the biggest in both dollar amounts and number of bets, that's such small potatoes for, for DCI's purposes and for the purposes of the Johnson County attorney that I can't imagine that they're thinking they're really going to try to send the, the guy to jail over, um, over, you know, basically $10 parlays that are, um, uh, you know, totaling up to a decent amount, but it just gives of the volume of bets. Right. I know uh, Panero Johnson, the wrestler for Iowa State, it was a ton of money, too, at the end of yeah. it all. It was yeah. like upwards of $40,000. That one was definitely eye-catching, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. But um, a one one guy I did see, again, this is an Iowa State connection. I think it's Owariz, I can't pronounce his last name. The guy, with the, the guy with the Broncos? Yes, that yeah. I, saw, I saw. I think he was most likely to see jail time it was like upwards or up to two years or something like that it could yeah it could be and because of I, I, the extenuating circumstances that one i guess you could potentially see that but again that comes down to to these these will probably end up getting 
plot. I have a hard time believing any of these ever actually end up in a, in a trial. Um, the, the evidence, frankly, in the, the charging affidavits, at least the couple that I've seen, seem pretty overwhelming. It's going to be awfully hard to get around that. And so it's going to probably be one of those things where they come to an agreement on a plea deal. And my guess is that any plea deal on something like, especially for a guy who's out of state, like, um, like the player you mentioned before, and I'm not going to try to butcher that name either, but it um, starts with a U and he played. Yeah, starts with a U. Like, um, it's, yeah. it's probably going to end up with him, you know, coming back for a, a, some community service, something to that effect. And that might be the extent of it. So I would be surprised if you see anybody doing any sort of significant jail time out of this, it, other than, than maybe a, a day or two, just as a, um, you know, a, a slap on the wrist penalty. Now, why aren't, uh, by the sounds of it, if if I'm interpreting this incorrectly, let me know. But um, by the sounds of it, they aren't going to pursue any charges on the fact that these guys were underage in betting, just the fact that they right. were under a different persona. Now, why aren't they pursuing those other charges? Um, you'll have to talk to the county attorney, no, no, no definitively. But I, my guess is that that because they're essentially, like I said, they're a speeding ticket. There's a fine with it. Okay. So okay. you could, they could always add that at some point if they wanted to, if they, if they have the, the you know, the, 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 they want to start, you know, adding on additional charges to try to make it more problematic. But frankly, those are so small. The tampering with records charge is, you know, capital murder compared to a, an underage uh, uh, gambling that charge. I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it actually comes with, it's an aggravated misdemeanor. It's a, it's a significant misdemeanor. It comes with the potential for jail time. If you were to if you were to walk into a casino at 20 years old and get picked up by a cop, you literally get a ticket and get sent home. Like, and that's this is basically the extent of that in a, in a virtual sense. So okay. um, it's not as if there's a whole lot that they want to pursue with that because frankly, the fine isn't enough to worry about it too much. Um, I just think I think these ones came to light because of again, because of their high profile student athletes on on you know relatively high profile teams, they all kind of follow the same fact pattern in that whether it be by, by creating a fake person as Eulis did, or by working with their parents or something to that effect, they, they tried to place wagers when they shouldn't have been placing wagers, whether it be because they were underage or because they were under NCAA rules. I do think it's interesting that they bring up NCAA rules in the actual charging affidavits as a regulatory scheme. And we can talk about that a little bit more later, but um, they are using the fact that they're student athletes is one of the reasons why the tampering charge should stick beyond the fact that they were underage at the time that they were playing, which, which would also mean if you're an of age student athlete and you were to place wagers, whether it be on your own team or on another um, sporting event, presumably with the university, but even maybe without, you could theoretically still look at a, a tampering with records charge just because of the fact that you'd be in violation of NCAA rules. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's how far they're going to go with it. Um, there are some, some indicators that the NCAA would love to do that based off of how the NCAA handled the assistant coach scandal in, in college basketball, but that was at a federal level. These are at state. I can't imagine that the state, the Johnson County attorney and the story County attorney are thinking too much about how the NCAA is going to play this out. So those are theoretically on the table and it might be a, a kind of a warning shot to the other players that are on all these teams, but um, that would theoretically be a possibility given the way that they're using NCAA regulations as a regulatory scheme within the context of the tampering with records um, 
charge. Now, I want to cross over here a little bit between your legal expertise as well as being a, a, a just a fan of college football and a, a person who's followed the team for a long time. Do you think this starts to spread nationally? Do these investigations really start to explode now that it has <laughs> exploded locally? Is this going to start happening in, well, to a greater degree now in Nebraska with Aaron Euless? Is it going to go to California? Is it going to go to Florida? Where? What do you, what do you expect here um, as, I, as these dominoes continue to fall? Yeah, I could see it it starting to spread potentially to, I think, particularly in states that are that are new to call or new to to sports gambling. So, it, again, I think the reason why this is coming to light here is that they need a high profile case to basically as a warning shot to everybody else. And I could see other states doing the same. You know, could Nebraska do that? Nebraska just passed um, sports gambling, but only to be held in racetracks. Like there's not going to be virtual sports gambling in Nebraska going forward. So that's going to be, that's a far more limited um, gambling issue. So probably not in the state of Nebraska, but in, in, I know for a fact, like there's been talk of Kentucky's already starting to, to look at a potential investigation similar to this. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be other states that are new to sports gambling where, yeah, this is a, this is a pretty juicy um, potential target for, a county attorney or a um, state attorney general or uh, an investigative arm of the state. So, yeah, I would not be surprised if we see it, at, especially in, in states like Iowa that are kind of smaller and that are new to sports gambling. Uh Oh, this thing could yeah. go. Huh? Yeah. Oh, boy. No, of course, there's um, always like things like Alabama where who knows, maybe they'll just let this slide because no one wants to mess with Alabama and Auburn football. <laughs> so there's always that. Okay. Too. Right. Yeah. So. Man, you know, I brought you on. We wanted you to come on for that legal expertise, but also because you do have that fandom, uh, you know, piece as well. And I, I want to hit on what's been a more so. You know, this what we've hit so far is kind of the underlying but necessary part of the conversation where people just aren't as familiar, like myself. But on the surface of it all is. Just for me, when all of this started to come forth, Vin, I don't know if I've told you this. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I was a, I was a walk-on track athlete at UNI when I went to school there for a semester and a half. So I'm like a half a walk-on D1 athlete. And they made it very clear in several meetings, don't bet that this was in 2016. So um, it was different. Times are different. Obviously, it's been legalized since but they told us not to bet on fantasy football. They told us not to put money on March Madness. Yep. It's abundantly clear. One thing that that Kirk Ferentz referenced to Big Ten Media Days is that there should be more education. And to this point, if it hasn't been upgraded from what it was in, in 2016, obviously it should be it should be upgraded and it should be more so in college athletes' faces than otherwise. But that was abundantly clear as a walk-on track athlete that this is something I should not be doing. Secondly, uh, I see a lot of these stories or some of these stories so far, they've been taking on the persona of their moms. Yeah. And like my, my mom would have been a definitive hell no from the get go. So I don't know if this is just like ignorance, which is understandable. 
um, ignorance of the situation. I was like, oh, here, you know, I mean, it's like the Netflix password, maybe to this just maybe what they were thinking. And, right. you know, you don't want to pass judgment. I mean, we don't know the specifics of the situation. But I talked to my mom today on on FaceTime. I was like, you would have said hell no. And she was like, yeah, I would have. So, <laughs> so I, I just those are my, my my first two things just as general thoughts. And I don't know if you had any others uh, in that regard um, or if you're just initially of the mind of this should just be legalized, but to a certain degree, what, what, what are your initial thoughts just as somebody observing the situation? Well, I, my parents would be similar to your parents in that I went to a tailgate with my parents at an Iowa game the week before I turned 21 and I was limited to diet Coke and water. Like there, there, there would be no, no, like, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll set up an account for you and let you go. I think there's something really interesting in the way that they've, that DCI handled this. And it's something that, that doesn't just apply to the student athletes, but it, it does certainly apply to the idea of the parents that just go, okay, it's cool. We'll set up an account for you and you can go. If you look at the charging affidavits, they did ping searches on the phones from when the, the bets were being made to show where the bets were being made from. And so the idea of, well, I'll just get behind a, my mom or my dad's account and bet 10 bucks on a game and it's going to be no harm, no foul. They did the legwork to go and find where the bet came from and go, no, it came from your dorm room. It didn't come from your mom's house or your dad's house. Um, and I think that's, that's an important thing for, for players to know, for students to know. For people like me, I live in Omaha now where we don't have legalized sports gambling, but right across the river they do. And I talk to people all the time that are like, well, I have an app. That, that I can bet in Iowa and I can just do it from my house in Omaha, they'll find it is what they're essentially saying is, is not that difficult to do. Um, and so I, I think that's really important. I also, you know, like you said, and I heard from a bunch of players when this first started, everybody seems to know this is an absolute no, no, you, you cannot bet on, they said March madness. You can't, you can't bet on college football. You can't bet on, fantasy football, things like that while you're in, in college. That's one of the rules of the game. And everybody seems to understand that going in. There's plenty of education on it. There's plenty of of outreach from basically everybody saying, just don't like, this is one of the absolute forbidden rules. So I think the fact it's that clearly, we've got guys here who are betting on, on their own team's games, which, I mean, that goes back to like 1919 White Sox scandal. You don't, you don't do that. So I, I, I struggle to have much sympathy for these guys when there's so much that's, that they're told not to do it. And even at a small ball, you know, $10 a game level, like most of them apparently were doing, they know better, or at least they should know better. Um, and, and so I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for, um, for the Iowa guys or for the matter of the Iowa state guys in the way this has gone down. Like they, they kind of got caught red handed doing something they knew they shouldn't do. I think there's something really interesting about, about the way that they're using NCA policies here. And, and I kind of alluded to it earlier when the, the scandal went down in college basketball with the assistant coaches, the NCAA doesn't have subpoena power. They don't have investigative power, anything beyond what the schools will voluntarily do. And when the Miami scandal went down years and years ago with Nevin Shapiro. The, the NCA kind of got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. They essentially had hired one of the lawyers in a civil case to run subpoenas just for the NCAA. 
that got them in a whole bunch of trouble because they were overstepping their bounds in trying to, to um, investigate Miami. <clears throat> so then when the, the coach scandal went down, they, the Eastern District of New York actually used the fact that NCAA institutions are under Title IX to try to make a federal case out of a breach of NCAA bylaws. And that's where they essentially found the, the, for lack of a better term, cause of action that they could use to try to go after these assistants. Um, when this first started, I was really worried that we were going to see something like that here, that, that Iowa had bought into the fact that a breach of NCAA policy would be a, a, a breach of law against the Title IX institution, and therefore you'd have you know, essentially federal implications. We don't have that here, at least not yet. The charges are being brought by the Story County Attorney and the Johnson County Attorney, not by the U.S. Attorney in the, the Northern Southern District. So we don't have anything that rises to that level, which I'm happy to see. I was really worried that they were going to overstep on that. However, they are using those NCAA policies as one of the, the regulatory frameworks that, that are being violated here. Doesn't mean that even if the NCAA were to legalize this, and I know they're going to basically back off of some of the the more draconian policies going forward, these are still going to be a violation of the sports book terms of service at DraftKings or or FanDuel or wherever else you're betting out of. It's going to be underage gambling if if you're under 21. There's going to be tax issues that come along with it, the old Al Capone style of, yeah, I'm not going to declare what I made in my gambling at you know $10 a game on my taxes, and therefore I'm committing potential tax violations. Um, those things are all still going to exist and those will still be caught, uh, reasons why you could bring another charge against somebody else in a similar situation. But they, they do in fact use NCA policies here as a framework for why, um, the players knew or should have known they couldn't have done this. And that I think opens up a, you know, potential can of worms going forward on how this is going to be applied to other athletes going forward. Could you potentially get to the point where you're talking about a um, uh, aggravated misdemeanor for you know tampering with records for a legalized for a 21 year old um, who uh, still wanted to try to conceal his his identity to uh, to wager just because he was a, a student athlete? And I, I think the answer right now is that it probably would still be there. So even if you're over age. You still got these issues, and that means this isn't going away anytime soon. Because I don't think that everyone's just gonna gonna up and and drop their their mom's drafting accounts or their alter egos drafting accounts going forward. No kidding. This is this is just gonna go on and on and on and on. I'm sure. Um, hopefully, it, it does at least come to a point where we know whether or not some of these players are going to have eligibility or not. Um, yeah. obviously the legal system is gonna, it's gonna take a while, but, uh, we'll, we'll see Noah Shannon specifically. Uh, we haven't heard the specific, we, yeah, we haven't heard the specifics on, on the, uh, potential charges at hand, whether or not it's done at the investigation or this thing is going to move forward. Obviously we, we only know of, of Aaron Blom, uh, football team wise, Garen Christensen, who's no longer on the football or no longer on the baseball team at Iowa, um, by the looks of it, by Ty Nissen's Twitter account, they are bringing another walk-on uh, punter onto the the roster from Iowa Western, uh, and the the football team, the Iowa football team, will move forward here. Um, 
And before we let you go, we're going to wrap up here soon, Vince, so you can get going. But have you seen the the video of Hunter Deckers yet? No, I don't believe I have. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> check out, first of all, check out the premium board. I will. Um, and it's it's there for you. He's very clear. I'll just, I'll let you go look at it. Folks, if uh, you're on our premium board, uh, go check it out. If you're not, it's iowa.com or excuse me, iowa.rivals.com backslash subscribe. Also the videos all over Twitter. He's very clearly intoxicated, but he tells somebody, the person who's videotaping to, um, to bet on them versus Iowa. And then he says (laughs) the girl who's videotaping puts the phone and she's like, Oh my God. She puts the phone down. He's still in frame. And he goes, you can video, but don't post it because that's technically against the rules. <laughs> and then it's like, dude. Oh, his poor dude. lawyer. His poor yeah. lawyer. Did you see their um, statements too? I did. The, yeah. And what'd I, you think I of that? Wanna, I don't want to comment too much on okay. what, what okay. the okay. lawyers are positioning themselves as. Um, I know his lawyer a little bit. He's a very good criminal lawyer i'm sure that he'll be in in perfectly good hands going forward on this thing but it's it is interesting to see the the position that all these guys are taking across the board whether they're being you know they're saying basically yeah you kind of caught me or they're going to put up a fight it's clear here he he intends to put up a fight at least initially on this which boy if there's if there's video floating around with him saying i i know that i shouldn't be telling you this but bet on us against iowa um uh, that certainly isn't going to play well. I love that that Blom's uh, one bet on an Iowa game was the under in the Seahawks game because that that basically is free money. I mean, at the end of the right. day, poor guy, he's a college kid. He didn't have an NIL deal, I'm sure, at least certainly not in 2021. I, if, if someone drops $20 on the ground, he's going to pick it up. And that's really what the under bet is in the Iowa-Iowa State game. So, um, I do have a little bit of sympathy for him on that one. And that if, if they're going to make it basically easy for you to make money, then you might as well make a little bit on the side. Right. Right. So uh, Vin, we appreciate you hopping on. Uh, sure. We, uh, we uh, always can use a little bit of legal expertise on stuff like this. So, so greatly appreciate it. Happy to have you back on your old uh, stomping grounds on what was formerly potting is winning and now hot cast, but uh, we'll if, wrap if it up. Taylor here. Swift cover, you know where to find me. Okay. <laughs> We might have to bring you back out of retirement, <laughs> but we uh, appreciate you tuning in here to Hotcast, brought to you by Iowa.Rivals.com. We didn't get to your questions today, unfortunately, but we will this coming pod uh, on Monday. So make sure to drop those on our premium board, or you can always leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and drop a question there. If you're not a premium subscriber yet, you can head over to Iowa.Rivals.com backslash subscribe and get great content insider information on Iowa Hawkeye basketball, football, and all things Iowa athletics. Don't forget to subscribe, leave that rate and review wherever you are listening. That does help us a lot. For now, we'll see you next time.